What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Wizards of Galilee Place podcast. Fernando Damo back on the show, and today we got another guest with us, Felix Tremel, HTTR and blessed. Felix, what's going on, man? What's good? Welcome. I'm glad to be on here with you guys, man. Yeah, yeah. I never get to talk about the Wizards no more, so this is this is a fun opportunity. Yeah, yeah, stuck with the uh, the football and all that. Now, so I, actually, if you want to plug this real quick, we'll actually do this at the beginning instead of the end. But uh, what are you doing now? Well, um, I am an educator first. So I, I'm an educator and I was in the city public schools. But I cover the Washington football team for 1340 AM Fox Sports. So I'm mainly a football football guy. But um, I do – I am a fan of all sports um, and a diehard – Bullets fan my whole life before they changed to the Wizards. Um, but I, I do that. I do a couple of football bonk, uh, podcasts, the Washington Rap, a few other podcasts that I'm on from here to there. But um, that's what I mainly do. But I am a diehard Wizards fan. Awesome. Well, we're definitely happy to have you on. And it's nice to have uh, some more people that are in the media on the show and uh, help gain a little bit more credibility, get some different perspectives and all that. So definitely appreciate you taking the time to come on today. So the Wizards had their first preseason game where they lost 125 to 119 to the Houston Rockets. John Wall did not play. However, we did see Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, Bradley Beal, uh, Corey Kispert, Kyle Kuzma, all the new guys. And then on the other side, we did get to see Jalen Green, Kevin Porter. Damo, watching that game, I know you watched from start to finish. Just overall, what did you think about just the overall game, uh, either stuff from the Wizards or the Rockets' young pieces? Yeah, I'll start with the Rockets first, man. I, I just love – I love their young talent. I mean, literally every guy that they have as a part of their young core – was a guy that I like coming out the draft from obviously uh uh Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr. was one of the guys that I loved in that uh 2019 draft. Um, you know, I, I feel like with him, if it wasn't for some of the like off the court stories that were out there on him, um, I feel like he should have been like a top, top ten pick, possibly top five pick in that draft. Um and then then Singun. Uh, the big man, um, he's just so skilled at his size. And, and then they have a young coach in Silas who's been waiting for his opportunity for a while um, to get a head coaching job. So uh, I, I really like their young their young core there. Um, but but as far as the Wizards are concerned, uh, I like what I saw. I mean, they from the guys that were the you know are going to be key rotation piece, pieces uh, in during the season. I like what I saw. Um, I was I was a little hesitant on what how Aaron Holiday would contribute coming into the year, but he looked great. Uh, I feel like him and him and Neto can play together, and and if they can play together throughout the season, that gives you a, even more depth than what I initially thought they had. Um, it's it's going to be interesting figuring out who's the odd man in or out. Uh, at those wing spots, because uh, it looks like KCP is going to be locked in at the three. So, you know, where does that leave Denny, Bertans, Kispert? I mean, it's just so many options they have, but I think that's a good problem to have. But on the game itself, I really like what I saw. Um, we saw some some ball movement, offense, sets, 
and defensively, they looked like they were competing. They weren't doing the stupid switches. They were playing man. Um, but they still got to find a way to stay out of foul trouble, particularly the big. So, uh, mm-hmm. but but I like what I saw um, compared to last year for sure. Felix, did you get a chance to watch the game, or did you not get it? I I watched from like the middle of the second quarter to the start of the fourth quarter. Oh, halfway through the fourth quarter. So I got a anything. Anything in particular that you liked or noticed, or something that you didn't like? Well. I like that we actually have an offensive agenda, an offensive plan, an offensive set. We were running plays. Now, were they clean? They weren't really clean, but you could see that there was there was plans to get certain people to ball in certain spots, which we haven't seen in – I can't tell you the last time we've seen that in Washington. But um, I like that from the team. I did like that we were defending harder. Not necessarily better yet, but that's going to take some time. We got to really learn how to be a good defensive unit. Um, we're deep at the wing, which is amazing because last year we that was our glaring weakness. We didn't have a small forward that could really play. Now we have a bunch of small forwards that are going to be fighting for time on the court. Um, I think it's going to get better and get more fluid coming over time, but my, pro- my problem would be the bigs. We just you know, until um, Brian gets back, I don't know about the Bigs. And that's going to lend itself to trouble in the Eastern Conference. So I like the defensive energy. I like the offensive movement. Um, but, of course, those things are in the beginning stages. But it's just refreshing to see actual offense being run by the Wizards. Yeah, some good points. And touching on the the center position real quick, I kind of agree with you on that. I think everyone is kind of uh, too heavily invested and in, uh, too much hopping on the gaffer train a little bit. And I just kind of want to pump the brakes a little bit. Last year, he was coming off a season, or, or this year, he's coming off a season where he really had to play limited minutes because of his conditioning and foul trouble. So if those things continue continue to remain an issue for this season – I'm not exactly sure what his role would be going forward in terms of future seasons or heck, even as this season progresses. I still think that uh, Thomas Bryant right now is probably their best overall bet at center in terms of overall production. But if Gafford can give you 30 minutes a night, uh, 32 here and there, you know, maybe around the, the high 20s, I think then I can buy more into that a little bit. But certainly I think his ability – and his skill set is a better fit for the team in terms of Bryant, but uh, safe bet overall talent right now. I still think Bryant is the most uh, talented center on the roster. Uh, a little bit of stuff that didn't necessarily have to do with the game, but Rui Hachimura is now going to be out for God knows how long. I mean, do we have an update on that? I mean, either one of you guys can chime in. I haven't really kept too much up with it. Yeah, I haven't seen anything on that um, much at all. Like, it hasn't been any press or anything, really. It's, That's worrying. That's very worrying. Yes. Um, and I, I can get some of it sometimes. You know, I don't know if it was um, the, just the fans and stuff that kind of aided him over a while. I mean, at the end of the day, you just got to realize, like, they're either just kids in high school and middle school who just don't really know how to 
socially function yet, or they're just adults that just want to cry about stuff. You know, I, it's hard though, because like, there's been times in the past where people say stuff to me on social media and like, I get really irritated by it. So I can only imagine what an athlete has to go through when you constantly probably get people going out of their way to like message you if your DMs are open and like telling you to kill yourself or jump off, jump off a bridge or uh, whatever they have to say. So I certainly understand, but I wonder just how much long-term this is going to bother the team. If he's going to be out for an extended amount of time, um, I mean, Dama, what do you do with him at that point? Do you just keep him and ride it out based off what we've seen? Or if he's not going to be back, you know, and he's not going to be helping the team, I mean, do you consider other options? Um, That's a tough one. I haven't really thought about that much because my assumption is that he'll be back um, sooner sure, than that. Sure. Um, but I mean, let's say in a in a rare scenario that he's not, and it's something where he needs a, a long leave of absence. I think, you know, you have so much depth at his position that I don't think it's something that really would affect you greatly. Um, you know, between Kuzma, Denny, Kispert, you have a lot of guys that can that can play in that in that forward spot. So I don't I don't think it's a pressing thing. Um, so they have the luxury now. To, to kind of give him the time that he needs uh, for whatever that's going on with him. And I, and I hope he gets the help that he needs or the time that he needs uh, so he can come back 100% mentally and physically to, to be able to help this team because I really believe in his talent. So, you know, I don't think I don't think you look to, to trade him or anything like that um, unless it comes out that it's something, you know, uh, I mean, I, it, will, it will have to be something that we didn't know that hasn't been reported yet, like, you know, something criminal or something like that. Or, But uh, I haven't seen anything that, that's rem- remotely close to that. So um, you just kind of just wait, wait and see. Felix, how much do you think that Rui being out will impact this team? Like, how do you view him overall? How do you view his role on this team coming into, what, his, his third season now? Just overall, what do you think about Rui? Um, Rui? It's kind of weird for me because I feel like this is definitely Bradley Beal's team. And they went and got him some players who've who've had some playoff runs, who have that experience. So you're not dependent on Rui to be a 20-point scorer. But this is the year you expected him to see the ball more. You expected him to be able to be a creator, which is when he's at his best. Um, So I think his development – is going to be hampered more than a team. I think with him being out, this allows um, Kuzma and it allows Kispert to really see the floor and really um, get quality minutes and and Harold to play where he brings that toughness, that edge that will make the whole team better. It's going to really hurt Rui's development more than it's going to hurt the Wizards, in my opinion, because it's just going to it's going to allow other pieces to play and. He's just not going to develop because he's going to be wherever he's going to be. So I don't think it hurts the team as much. Maybe we start off a little bit rougher because we're starting with some younger talent, but it might make us better in the longer run because that younger talent gets to play more minutes. Sure, absolutely. I 100% agree with that. Uh, Sticking to the game here, I know it's a small sample size and – 
you both made some good points about this stuff. And I also tweeted this, and I just want fans to understand that even though it seems like we have a better all-around roster and we have a better coaching staff, that might be true. But the reality of the situation is that when you turn over an entire coaching staff, you have a brand new roster, it's going to take time for them to figure this out. And I know, Dama, when we've been on previous shows, I've made that same point several times. Like, this could be a team that that really struggles early on, and it's, oh, they need to tank, oh, they need to rebuild and all that. But then by midseason, they could really make a stride, and then suddenly they're climbing up the Eastern Conference because of injuries, because other teams are, fati- are fatigued, and we have that depth to keep up. So I'm not going to be all doom and gloom if the team starts out um, – what one and four, two and six. I'm just not, I'm not going to give up that soon. It's a, it's a totally different time in wizards basketball. And I think that we need to show West Sunset Jr. Some patience and just try and be positive right now as a team tries to build an identity, because even though we think we know what guys are going to do at the end of the day, we have no idea. And we need to give uh, West a chance to install his stuff and, get the team on the right track and that's only going to come with playing it's, it's not going to happen in practice it's not going to happen in the film room it'll help you but there's nothing like getting out there and actually doing the real thing but uh damo are there any things in particular you liked from west jr uh in that preseason game or uh, do you have anything to follow up from what i just said yeah just a quick follow-up um I, I i'll bet my house that they don't start three and twelve <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. I just I just think they have they just have you have an all NBA guard, you have a, a presumably better fit at point guard, and you have depth uh down to the the eleventh man on your roster, assuming Rui is back. Um so I don't think they start three and twelve like they did last year, where it was a team that had an injured point guard that you're relying on so much, and then Bill you're relying on so much, and then after that it's a huge drop off. Um, and then that was before we got Gafford too. So you had guys like Troy Brown, Jerome Robinson, those type of guys, Bonga getting heavy minutes. That ain't the case to start this year. So uh, yeah, I don't see them starting three and 12 or going 17 and 32 for any stretch of the season. Um, and then, and then going on to West, uh, as I kind of alluded to earlier, like, you could tell that they were running plays to get guys shots in their spots. I saw Bill setting screens off the ball. Like, we never seen that. <laughs> we never seen that. So uh, he was getting clean. He was getting clean looks. Like, his his 18 mm-hmm. points he had were very quiet because they were in the flow of offense. It wasn't him going one on five, top of the key. It was him getting them in spots and just being deliberate, scoring the ball. Um, and it was it was easier for him. It, it was it was finding guys, open shots, Kisper open uh, for threes. Like it looked like a real NBA offense for the first time since probably Randy Whitman was here. Um, and even his offense wasn't that fantastic. But but you you, you get my point. Um, and then defensively, you know, I'm seeing better better uh, habits being displayed. Uh, they're not doing stupid switches on every. On every screen, uh, you know they're 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 playing, they're staying on the ground, they're not jumping on every pump fake. Um, so I, I think those habits, if they keep stacking those good habits, 
they'll be a solid defensive team. They don't need to be a top 10 defense um, because that I don't know that they have the personnel for. Um, But if they could be top 20, I think with the offensive firepower they have, that makes you a playoff team because that's what they were in 16-17. They were about – they ranked about 20th in defense, but they were a top 10 offensive team. And, and of course, they were able to win 49 games because of that. So – that's that's kind of what I'm expecting with Wes, his first year, kind of implementing new new uh, strategies there defensively. So, uh, yeah, I, I like what I saw yesterday. I mean, Tuesday, for sure. Felix, were you a Wes Unsell junior guy throughout the whole coaching process, like coaching search process, or did you want someone else? He, he was definitely my top pick, or he was either that or 1A. Um when we had the last opening, I was a Cassell guy because Cassell was really good with Wall and Beal. Um, I liked Wes this t- this go around because I've seen his offensive strategy, and that's what um, that's what we needed. We played so much hero ball. It's been so much hero ball the last, but the from the entire Brooks regime, it was hero ball. It was I. Um, Wall, go get me 25. Beal, go get me 30. Or Russ, get me 30. Beal, get me 40. And just just try to make these furious comebacks. And it was just not structured. It just became frustrating to watch because they were going to be nice when you didn't have that energy and you would get blown out the building. Um, so I liked Wes for that regard, that we we're going to actually have an offensive system. And it, it's so frustrating to see other teams – other young teams develop these systems and they become good quality teams. And you saw the work that he did with Denver. So I was happy that Wes Unsell was brought back. Plus that was a legacy thing for the, for the franchise. So it was a double whammy. So I was extremely excited that they got him and they're going to, and I feel like he'll get time to implement his system. It's not going to be where you got to make the playoffs this year, which I do think they'll make the playoffs, but it's not going to be you got you have to go win forty five games your first year out or you're you're on thin ice. He's going to get a couple years to implement his system, and I'm excited for it. Um, Don spoke on it. They don't. We just need them to be a quality defense. They don't have to be lockdown defenders because most of them aren't good defenders. But if they play good team defense, then we can get somewhere. Sure, I definitely agree. And then going back, and uh, you said something that I think is a little bit of a, a misconception with the fan base, like Wes Unseld as a defensive coach. Like, that was just his responsibility, and you were talking about uh, his offense and all that. He, he he is also an offensive guy. Denver gave him his responsibility to be the kind of defensive anchor in terms of on the staff, but they definitely did some offensive stuff as well that uh, – came from unselled and so he he touches both sides of the ball and what's also going to be crucial for this season is, is the staff that he brought on board i think a lot of the time uh fans kind of overlook the staff that they have i think it's um easier for fans to focus on that side of, on that sort of thing in football but in basketball it really isn't talked about a whole lot and even if he was strictly a defensive guy well this is what you bring the the, the assistant coaches in for to help form your game plan on the other side of the ball. I mean, I can't tell you, like, I hated Brooks' assistants just as much as Scott Brooks. 
because I'm sitting there on like watching the game on TV and I'm like, well, what the fuck do you guys do? If 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 they, all they do is come out here and play ISO and play no defense every game, this isn't just Scott. Like this is legit all of you. Like all someone has to do is literally say, hmm, maybe we should try running this. What's Scott gonna say? No, you know. So it's like I don't know what they talked about in their staff meetings or halftime adjustments or whatever, but it was slim to none. So hopefully this staff that Unsell this put together will be quality and will be good at making adjustments and um, to put frankly, just isn't stupid. So I'm excited for that. One player that we didn't get to see in the game was Denny Abdia. And I think it, out of all the stuff that Brooks pissed me off with last season, I think there was nothing more that pissed me off than was treating Denny Abdia like he was Kyle Korver. I hate, hate, hated that for him. I think the Denny criticism was totally unfair mostly throughout most of the season. I know you can talk about the free throw shooting while he's not a great shooter. Well, guess what? In the beginning of the season when they were using him right and posting him up and doing all that, he was. In fact, he was percentage-wise the best shooter at the team on the team at one point. So I'm hoping that this year – they won't stick him in the corner. They will post him up. They will let him run pick and roll. They will even let him do ISO sometimes. I remember last year against uh, Miami, I mean, he just went right by Avery Bradley and threw it down at the rim. I don't know if you guys remember that play or not. But yeah. it's stuff like that where I want to see more from him, and I'm hoping Unsell gives him the option to do that. But, Felix, I want to kick it back to you real quick because me and Damo have talked so much about Denny. What do you think about Denny overall, and how much better do you think he can get this season? I was kind of 50-50 on the pick because I didn't feel he was going to be utilized correctly. And I felt the same way with Rui. I wasn't a Rui guy. But my thing was, if we're going to draft these kids, we got to use them the right way. And Denny needs the ball in his hands in the high post. And what did we do? We made him stand in the corner and shoot threes. Like, it made it made no sense because he, he couldn't get the ball in his hands because you had two ball-dominant guards who held possession all, the entire time. So I, I believe he can be a quality NBA player if we utilize him the right way. Let him get the ball in his hands. Let, let Deal be off the ball. Like, Deal was such an efficient scorer in those early women, in those women days because he was off the ball. Um, we've got to we've got to use our players the right way. So Denny, I don't know how much he's going to get to showcase it though, because we have so many players around him. But sure. With with Rui out, I think he will get that opportunity because he's going to have to play some minutes, and you're going to need him. And you can have him anchoring a second unit where he has the ball in his hands and he's making decisions with the ball. It's not just him touching the ball, but he has to be able to make decisions. Can he put it on the floor? Can he pass mm-hmm. off of it? Is there some type of action on the backside? Like, it, all that is incumbent on him. If we can do that, he can succeed. But I don't know because it's depending on how much he's going to get to really play. And then if he plays, are we using him the right way? And I do believe Wes un- um, will understand what he needs to be successful. It's just as he's given the opportunity to do it. And that, that remains to be seen. But he needs to get the ball in the high post 
just like Rui needs to get the ball in the high post and let mm-hmm. them create. I 100% agree, and you actually made a point that I was going to bring up is uh, since Rui is going to be out now for a little bit, Denny is going to have to step in and play because who knows if everyone's healthy and Kispert's shooting like the way he is and if Kyle Kuzma's putting up points, Denny may be the odd man out to start the season just because he was coming off the injury and all that. So um, now I think it makes it a little bit easier to to play Denny and see what you got. And then maybe once Rui comes back, well, then maybe Bertans is the odd guy out or uh, maybe it's Kuzma, maybe it's Kispert. But I think now Denny kind of will get a fair shake, especially if Rui is out. And I'm sure they would find ways to get Denny in there anyway. I'm not saying for sure that Denny would have been the odd man out in that scenario, but I think there's a pretty good chance, again, if Kuzma's scoring, if Kispert's shooting, because when you're talking about success for the team, you're you're talking about guys that fit with Dinwiddie and Beal. And given that they're ball handlers and are going to have the ball and doing all this stuff, naturally you're going to want to put shooters around that. And is Denny a shooter? No. Is Kispert a shooter? Yes, so naturally, even though Denny overall may be better than Kispert fit-wise, you almost have to play Kispert ahead of Denny in that scenario. But, uh, Damo, you want to follow up on any of that? Yeah, I I think um, the the thing I worry about most with Denny is him suffering the same fate that Troy Brown did here um, because they're both, uh, you know, kind of like, I don't want to say big guards, but they're, they're playmaking wings. So they're guys who who struggle to shoot. So they have to have the ball to be effective. And on this team, you know, with Dinwiddie, with Beal, um, you got Kuzma, you got Rui, uh, you got Trez that's going to get touches. Like, where are the opportunities for Denny to to possess the ball and be a dis- a primary decision maker? I just don't know where those opportunities are. So then, if if he's not getting those opportunities, and he has to play off the ball and camp in the corner or find pick his spots and make jump shots, and that's not really a strength of his, how effective can he really be? And I feel like that's the fate that Troy Brown suffered because it's like, are you going to take the ball out of Beal and Dinwiddie's hands to give it to Denny? Are you going to – is Denny going to outshoot KCP Kispert? Like, so where's the definitive skill set that you put Denny in the lineup and say, here, I trust you with this over this guy or as much as this guy so that you can so that he can flourish. And I'm just having because I I think the perfect role for Denny is at the four spot where he can kind of be like a kind of like how the Spurs you use Boris Dio, like where he's like a defender. He's a he's a catch it and go point forward, and he's kind of just all over the place, and he can run that second unit at the four spot. But you have Rui, you have Kuzma here, so where does he? You have Bertans here, so it's like, where does he go? I I really don't know, and I'm 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 anxious to see how this all plays out because that's a top ten pick, so you're not just gonna put him on the shelf. So I'm 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 curious to see how this how this forward spot with everybody involved works out this year. Yeah, and then before we close this out and uh, talk about what we want to see from these preseason games going forward, uh, 
What did we think about Spencer Dinwiddie? Damo, I'll start with you on this because I know you watched the whole game. Yeah, I mean, I, I tweeted this uh, when watching it. I was like, you know, Dinwiddie is a point guard. Um, and that's no diss to, to nobody, but he is a he's a he's a point guard. Like you watch how he plays with pace. He's able to stop and go and you see him reading the floor in the half court and, and trying to look for guys and get them into spots where they can flourish. Like that oop that he threw to Gafford, I was just like, that's what I want to see. That's why you yep. were brought here. Um, you saw you saw the pass he made to Kispert. You know, they had it was it was it was help coming uh to him. He was on like the the right right side of the court at the three point line, and it was a double that came and Kispert flashed top of the key, boom, three pointer splash. Like that that's the type of stuff that is gonna have you playing top ten offensive basketball, not a guy at the top of the key just pounding it, pounding it, going one on five and trying to force a dump off in the paint. Um or, or Brooke, Brooke Lopez hook shots. Like that's not gonna have you as a top ten offense. It's just not. So I I love what I saw from him and the explosiveness looked fine. Um, you know, ACLs now are aren't what they were twenty years ago or even ten years ago as far as the recovery is concerned. So, um, and his, I think, was a partial tear. It wasn't even a full tear. So, um, if he can get back to the level that he was at 18, 19, or even better, where he's like, you know, 20, 20 and 8, 20 and 7, um, I, I think I think the Wizards are going to be in a good shape. Because from what I saw, I saw a real point guard there that can, that can flourish in the half court. And that's going to make everybody better. Yeah, and and I was watching for that kind of stuff, like how he was, like you said, the lobs to Gafford and the finding Gafford because the narrative from Russ fans was, well, he basically made Daniel Gafford, he made um, Rui and that kind of stuff. And I'm looking at Dinwiddie doing the same stuff, and I'm like, well, there goes your argument because we have another point guard doing the same thing. And, again, he, I think he's just overall, he's just a better fit. And uh, he seems to have a good tempo and a good pace to the game that I think is going to be very welcomed, especially with a guy like Bradley Beal. But uh, Felix, what do you think about Dinwiddie? I, um, I like what Donald said. And that is not a shot at Russ. Russ is who Russ is. But um, Dinwiddie is a what we would say a natural point guard. He's going to get the ball to the right spots to the right people. And that's going to make everybody better because it's not just going to be four guys watching the ball and watching one guy with the ball try to break down the defense and maybe I'll get this lob at the rim. It's going to be actual ball movement, and that's what the league is now. All the good teams in the league can move the ball, and we weren't good at moving the ball. So I think Dinwiddie is going to be good on that end. I mean – if you look at the last three point guards the Wizards had, they've gone from Gilbert Arenas to John Wall to Russell Westbrook. That's that's a tough three to follow, but I I don't think Dinwiddie's coming to be that star point guard. He's coming to be in a, a, a key cog in a good offense. So we no longer need the superstar point guard. We just need a point guard who can distribute and still get you 20-some a night. But we don't need him to dominate the ball and dominate possession like the last three point guards we've had. 
And that's not a slight on any of those three. But this team is going to be different. And if we had a team full of just knockdown shooters, then it would be different. Our attack would be different. We don't have a bunch of knockdown shooters. So we, we're going to have to rely on ball movement to get good open shots. And Dinwiddie's going to put the team in position to do that. He's smart. He's um, he's he's an okay defender. He can be a better defender, but I think he'll he'll fit right in. I think he'll be able to lead Wes's um team on the court, and that's exactly what we need out of him. Sure, and I think going to your point, like the the whole open shots that um we don't have a lot of shooters and all that. I think that kind of ties in together. You know, if you if you're moving the ball really well you create more open looks, which means that ideally your percentages should go up. Last year, I I just remember Garrison Matthews taking a bunch of contested three-pointers, Bradley Beal having to do step backs at the end of the shot clock and all that. And it's just, you can't do that for a long period of time. Like Beal's threes last season were actually set shots. Like I'd be interested to know that um, that ratio in terms of set shots to, to overall three-pointers. So I'm sure there's a number on that somewhere, but... Yeah, I was looking at that stuff earlier when they were talking about when we were talking about Bill's three point percentage dropping over the last four years. And a lot of that was attributed to him taking more threes off the dribble instead of in a catch and shoot uh, format. So, sure. yeah, definitely. <laughs> sure. And he was shooting more like you never got a greener light than Scott Brooks. Never. So he was just shooting him in. A lot of times he had to because we were down. Yeah. yeah. It, it went from, if I remember correctly, it went from like 60-40 catch and shoot to off the dribble when he was playing with Wall under Whitman to like 30-70 catch and shoot to wow. off the dribble. Yeah, wow. like it, it's like huh. 70% of his threes are off the bounce, you know. And usually if it's yeah. off the bounce, it's probably contested. And like yeah. that's just not a good ratio for a six three guard. Like he's not that's he's not, not Steph Curry. He's not he's not Dame Lillard or or Kevin Durant. Like just that's not his game. So, you know, but I, I yeah. Scott Brooks is gone, so hopefully we don't <laughs> have to see that no more. And we have a lot of players that can execute in the catch and shoot situation. Now we have Beal. Um, Dinwiddie was he was two of five, I think, from three point range the other night, which forty percent. You'll take that. Um, yep. Kispert, uh, Rui, even this season. Thomas Bryant, um, Bertans. Uh, did I already say Kuzma? I don't know if I did or not, but I mean, those are all guys that can do well in catch and shoot situations. But part of that is being able to do your job and move the ball to create open looks, and that happens by getting your guy um, off the bounce and forcing the defense to move. This was the the issue with Russ and Brad last year was um, if they scored off ISO, it was because Brad did a step back or Russ did something good. But there was a lot of the time, like you guys said, where they, everyone just kind of stands around and doesn't create open looks. And a lot of that is because Brad and Russ just didn't lose defenders. Their defenders stayed on them. So even though like, teams double teams or sometimes triple team based on defensive game plan. It wasn't necessarily because Beal was beating his guy off the ball. So I would just add that as well this season in terms of the ball movement and getting the open shots. But um, Felix, final thoughts. Uh, what do you want to see from the Wizards for these remaining preseason games and uh, going into opening night? 
Um, I think you can slide that back end of the roster. Just see where you're going to be with those 11th and 12th guys. What you're going to do. Um, like a guy like Cassius Winston. If you have all your players, I mean, I think he needs to go down and play some ball and not sit on the court and watch. I mean, sure. sit on the bench and watch. Um, I'm more interested in that. Preseason basketball is weird because it depends on what a team's going to do. Are they going to mimic a regular game where you'll play, you start your starters and bring them back in at the end of the second, play them in the third, bring them back in the fourth, or you do something different. They might play beginning of each half. Um, for, biggest thing is no injuries, of course. And just um, get all the pieces kind of working together. Just give more time to your starters so they can get a little flow with each other. You just get a little rhythm together. Um, so game one is not just, yeah, here we go, and they haven't clicked yet. So that's that's pretty much what I want to see, that those 11th and 12th spots, what are you going to do there? And then um, no injuries. And let's just see. Um, I know you're not going to show all the offense, but let's just see plays. And if there's we're working on getting corner threes, work on sets to get corner threes. And that and win, lose, or draw, that's what we're looking for. So that's all I'm doing I, for in preseason. I agree with your point, actually, that I think the starters should play more this preseason because, again, with the new system and so many new pieces, I do think that the starters should play in every game. Now, if you want to take them out after their first little stint in the last preseason game or whatever, like, like what do we have? Is it four preseason games? I was just looking at that earlier. I think we got three more. Yeah. I think the next yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, we have three more. Next the next, the Raptors, and the next again. Right. So I think this is a good opportunity to get the players used to the system, get some of the guys used to playing with each other and all that. But, uh, Dama, what are you looking for for these last three games? Uh, really more the same I saw in the first game. Um, you know, offensive plays, sets, guys moving off ball, ball movement, um, and defensively not switching, uh, good habits, not, not jumping for pump fakes, uh, st- the big staying out of foul trouble. Um. Yeah, and and just guys doing what they doing what they do, being in a position to to do what they do best. Um. You know, Kisper his IQ, off ball ability, shooting. Um. Then with his driving ability, half court play, uh, finding guys. Bill being the elite scorer he is. Um. Gafford playing above the rim, rebounding, dunking on guys, blocking shots. Uh. Just just more of the same. Just guys being in a position to do what they do best. Um. And then defensively, like I said, just playing sound, fundamental basketball. Nothing crazy. They ain't got to do nothing crazy and look like, you know, uh, uh, the, 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 the 0-4 Pistons defensively. But just, you know, sound defense, man. Nothing stupid. Um, and, and then, you know, we go into the season healthy, man. Yeah, I agree. And the one thing I'll add in terms of player-specific things that I want to see, I want to see Bertans get into a rhythm because if it's going to – if if this first preseason game was any indicator of how this season is going to go, Tommy should have traded him for two second round picks over the summer and we just should have been done with it. So that's one thing that I want to see going into these games is get Bertans ready make sure he gets his reps, give him seven to nine attempts a game. You know, I, I need to see the Bertans that we saw a couple of years ago. Uh, back on the floor this season because that will be the X factor this year. We can talk about Dinwiddie. You can talk about the leap from Rui, Denny, um, the addition of Kuzma, whoever. If we get the Bretons that we got two years ago this season, we are going to be just fine. 
especially on the offensive side of the ball. I would agree. I, I would say, though, as far as trading them for two second-round picks, you want that – you need that contract to, to get the player back that you really, really want. So – I don't know about trading him for two second round picks because what he making? He making like what sixteen mil annually? Yeah, I'm about to say Sorry. it was sixteen over five, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So he's so Bertans to me, and I've always felt this way that he's like the he's the salary filler guy. You know, when you go bring that big piece in, um, sure, and, sure. and you need that because if you're if you're talking about putting something a third piece, a legitimate piece after Dinwiddie and Beal, you need that contract that you can send back to get something better back. So I sure. think Bertrand is that guy. <laughs> sure. I, like I think he, he has I like to Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I think that's going to do it for us today on this episode. We'll try to get back. With, we'll definitely be back before the regular season starts, but I'm not quite sure if we're going to do this after every preseason game. Uh, probably not, if I had to guess, but um, happy to have the season kicked off again and we'll be recording with you guys now more on a consistent basis and uh again happy to be back doing this thanks to felix once again for coming on and taking the time and we will see you guys next time